The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, this 17th chapter. Jesus said to his disciples, Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better if, you were, if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on the guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day, and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and, and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The chesed, the chesed, the chesed of God. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, these words from Lamentations. And those are words to get up in the morning to. To come to the house of God to hear. What a promise. That promise is the foundation of our lives. And so we turn to Jesus, and Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And as we've talked about all summer, that he's in this travel narrative in the Gospel of Luke. On his way, he sets his face to Jerusalem. We get all kinds of healing stories, teachings, miracles, um, all kinds of really great material. But it's all on his way to Jerusalem. And now, um, last week, Pastor Jonathan talked about that rich man and Lazarus parable that Jesus told to the scribes and the Pharisees who were following him along. Um, and they were trying to justify themselves, Luke tells us. And so Jesus told them that parable. So he's, he's having to deal with those scribes and Pharisees. But now, at this stage, he turns to his disciples. That's what our text says. Jesus turned to his disciples and said, um, I wonder if Jesus, as he was headed to Jerusalem, knowing all that was ahead of him, knowing that his time with his disciples was coming to an end, he was thinking, man, my beloved, my brothers and sisters, I got to teach them up. I got to teach them up. I got to give them some stuff that they really need. I won't be with them much longer, and so I need to tell them some really important things because following me is going to be hard. I can't imagine. So he's headed to the cross, and he's thinking about his disciples, and I think it's beautiful. And so then he says, what you heard today. This kind of eclectic group of sayings. It's kind of interesting. 
But if we think about it this way, and what I love about it, is Jesus sees his disciples, these little ones that are following him, and he cares about us so much that he wants, us, wants things to go well for us, and he wants us to be prepared to follow him, because following him will not be in any way, shape, or form easy. So as he's about ready to finish our salvation and go to Jerusalem, he, get, he teaches us up. What I love about it is that he seems to know that even though we are his followers, we are still going to be broken people and sinful people, and we are going to have problems. I mean, all the instruction that you heard today, um, I mean, if we didn't have problems, if we were going to be perfect saints, he wouldn't need to tell us that. But he tells the disciples that because he knows they're going to need this wisdom, this teaching, this exhortation, because he knows that even though we're following him, boy, we're also messed up people. And so what does he say? He says the first thing we need to know, so some great things, the first thing we need to know in following Jesus is stumbling blocks will come. Now wait a minute. Shouldn't he have said stumbling blocks might come? But no, he says stumbling blocks are sure to come. Now, the Greek word here is really interesting. It's scandalon. It's where we get the English word scandal. It's not really the meaning of the Greek word, but that's where we get that word. But it has that sense. So a stumbling block is something that um, we're going to trip over that's going to mess up our faith. This isn't um, some trivial matter. These are big things that are going to trip us up in our faith life. And Jesus says to those who are following him, and evidently that's you too because you're here today, you're following Jesus. He's looking you in the eye and he's saying, stumbling blocks will come in your life. Do you expect those to come? If you think faith is easy, Jesus says there's going to be things that are going to cause you to stumble. It might be something somebody else does that really disappoints you might be something a leader does. It might be, my goodness, it might be somebody you really love and care about does. Or maybe something you do. Or maybe something that's going on in the world. It may be some of your reason and your rational thinking. It's like, I can't, I can't figure this faith thing out. I can't, I can't understand this and this together. And it may be your own reason that it tends to kind of take over in your life. Um, faith doesn't exclude reason in fact faith embraces reason but reason can almost become an idolatrous thing it, it can be something that we place our trust in more than god but so i'm not telling you to turn off your brain but sometimes reason can be a stumbling block i mean whatever it is expect it it's going to come be ready for the challenge don't be surprised so many times i run into folks and they're like devastated because they, their faith that they've had from Sunday school and it's something shaken. I say, okay. Cling to the promise. You know, expect, it's going to happen. And it's okay. You don't have to throw in the towel. You don't have to be like, oh my goodness, where'd this come from? Stumbling blocks are bound to come. And then Jesus also loving us so much, he's also like, man, don't you cause somebody else to stumble. You better think about what you do. And I'm not talking about stepping on somebody's toes. I'm talking about really, like, devastating their faith. 
like an intentional, I'm going to wipe out their faith. Jesus is pretty serious about this faith thing, and he wants us to have faith. And so he says, man, don't you put a stumbling block into somebody else. So that's a pretty intense warning, isn't it? And then he says, knowing us, he says, you're going to need to be assertive because somebody's going to sin against you. What? He's saying that there's going to be stumbling blocks. Now he's saying people are going to sin against us. What is this following thing all about? Well, he says you need to be assertive. When somebody steps on your toes, when they sin against you, go to their best friend and tell them how rotten they are. <laughs> he didn't say that, did he? He said go to them and deal with it. Go to them and deal with it. Take care of it. And then, also, because we're often on the other side of that, too, he says, you know what? If you're going to follow me, not only need you to have some assertiveness to go to the person who hurts you, you also need to be ready to say what? I'm sorry. I repent. Repent, metanoia, means a change of mind. I'm amazed. And I'll have to just be completely, I hope this isn't too, for, you know, too out there, too hard-hitting. But I tell you what, when I do a lot of um, marital support, either premarital counseling or when people are going through trouble, one of the things that causes the most problems is the inability of one side of that marriage to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To say, this doesn't say I'm at fault for the whole problem, but to be able to say, yes, I'll take responsibility for my part in the trouble we're having. In the body of Christ, Jesus talks about, you better be ready to repent. I mean, when maybe you didn't even intend to hurt somebody, but you did hurt somebody, and it's, that's not the point. The point isn't whether you intended to do it or not. The point is that you did it. That whatever you did caused someone pain and hurt, and are you ready to say, I'm sorry? I'm sorry. And then, of course, he knows us, and he knows that with our own pride that, man, we like to hold on to stuff. He said, you know, if somebody repents and they come to you seven times each day, you have to let the guilt of what they did to you go. That doesn't mean you forget it completely. That doesn't, you know, God forgets. Our forgiveness is, is, is doing this. And it's sometimes hard and it takes a long time and we could preach, a, you know, a three-hour sermon on forgiveness and it's something that always comes up when we talk about this text and others it's hard but it's something god the holy spirit enables us to do um, but we are called when people repent is 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 to let it go is to open our hands c.s lewis said once about one sin that he had had uh, hurt him um, that somebody had done it say he said it took him 30 years to forgive but nonetheless that charge is there what do we need to follow Jesus? We need to be able to repent. We need to be able to, be able to forgive. We need to know that there's going to be stumbling blocks. We need to know that there are going to be times when people, when, when we rub shoulders with them in the pews, they're going, to, they're going to hurt us. They're going to maybe even sin against us. Boy, Jesus is kind of maturing us up a little bit, isn't he? Teaching us up, getting us mature. Getting us some endurance, some fortitude, some resilience. He knows that's what we're going to need in the body of Christ. And then finally at the end, he also knows that we kind of get a big head. 
Do you like to get thanked? I do. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, to get affirmation is cool. Forgive, I mean, you know, like appreciation is really great. I like to be appreciated. You like to be appreciated. Jesus says, you know, really following me, all that stuff that you do, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. Oh, Jesus, come on. Shouldn't I get an award? Shouldn't I get a star? No. I've said this many times. I'll say it one more time. When you don't get thanked for something, count it as a gift. Why? Why is that a good thing? I'll tell you why it's a good thing. Because it shows you very clearly, right in the mirror, why you're doing what you're doing. Because if you don't get thanked, and it just eats away at you, you're going, now maybe I'm doing that for the wrong reasons. Oh, Jesus knows he, all of this about us, and he also knows we get prideful and we want to be thanked, and he gives us this thing. You know, you're, you're a servant. And notice, though, who we're hearing this from. We're not hearing it from a slave master. We're hearing it from someone who took on, even though he had all of equality with God, he emptied all of that and became our servant. We're hearing it from a fellow servant. I can hear it from him that way a lot better than somebody that hasn't served. Well, so this is all the stuff he tells us. And I don't know about you, but I mean, this is good. This, it's maturing. It teaches us up. But I do exactly what the disciples did today, right in the middle of the text. After hearing all of this stuff from Jesus, they say what? Lord, give us more faith. Why do they say that? Because they're saying, in essence, at least this is the way I hear it, is, Lord, I can't do that. Give me more faith so I can do that. I mean, I don't have what I need, Lord, to do what, you know, I just don't have enough. I can't do that. I can't do that kind of forgiving. I can't not cause someone else to stumble. I can't be ready for stumbling blocks myself. I can't repent like that and say I'm sorry. I can't put my old ego to death like that. I can't do it. Give me more faith. We don't have what we need. And what does Jesus say? You don't have what you need. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and cast off into the sea. You know a mulberry tree? That's those kind of trees that the roots are so evasive, you can't even plant them by buildings and cisterns and stuff because they'll ruin those cisterns. I mean, this is, a, this is a tree with some roots. If you have the size of a mustard seed faith, you can say to that tree, be cast forth. What is Jesus saying? Um, it's like we get ourselves in trouble almost because I start to think, oh man, then not only do am I supposed to do all of this stuff, I'm supposed to also have more faith. I better get more faith somehow. Come on, Lord. But that's not what Jesus said. He said to our response that we don't have enough, he said, yes, you do. Because see, this is where we mess up faith all the time. We think faith is something we do. And so Jesus says, you know, all this stuff and the disciples say, look inside and they look at their faith and they go, oh, we don't have enough faith. Give us some more faith. And what, what is their faith really in? Their faith is really in their faith. Does that make sense? Let me say that again. They're, having, they're saying, 
I need more faith in my faith. I need to have something in me that's stronger. And actually, what Jesus is saying is that faith is a gift of his. Even the mustard seed faith can stand in front of any obstacle. Faith that we have is a gift from God. We have what we need to do what God's called us to do. Let's, what, you know what we should do in the face of all of this? Rather than to look inside at our faith, look to Christ. Look to Christ, and he'll enable us to do what he's called us to do. Don't get turned inward on yourself. If you get scared with what he's saying, turn to Christ. Look to him. That's the faith that's been implanted in us. That's that mustard seed that can cast any tree, death, sin, brokenness, hurt, pain, suffering, sorrow. That can cast everything away because Christ Jesus was raised from the dead. You know, the picture I have of this is trying to get ready for a trip. What's it like in your house when you're getting ready for a trip? <laughs> really? In mine, it's total harmony, <laughs> total joy, and peace, and love. It would be much better if I packed a little sooner than I typically do. But usually I'm in a panic because I'm thinking, I don't have everything I need. Do I have enough of that? Do I have enough of this? Do I have of this? That's the kind of image I have. And that's kind of where the disciples go. Oh, we don't have enough faith. And they're panicked and they're trying to pack and they're trying to get ready. And, and really the, a better image of what the gospel is today is for us to know we've got this amazing journey to go on. And God in Christ has packed our bags for us cleaned our house, because I love to have a clean house to come home to. Do you? Don't you? Oh, anyway, it's just a weird thing I have then. Um, but um, he's cleaned our house. He's packed our bags. He's given us everything we need and promised us that nothing has been forgotten. You have everything. So just go forth. Go out in the journey. Love. Forgive. Repent. Build up. Do it, because God's done everything for us in Christ Jesus. Amen.